All right. Well, welcome to Wednesday night. Are you guys doing doing good tonight? Everyone doing good? Who who is still tired from Movement Weekend? Clearly, you're not. You got your shirt. Have you washed it? No, you have not. How many of you are wearing a Movement Weekend shirt and you have not washed it yet? That is troubling. We live in Florida. You get one wear out of every shirt. Don't try to stretch it. All right, hey, well, we are so glad that you're here tonight. If tonight is your first time with us, we're so thankful that you chose to spend your Wednesday with us because tonight we are in part two of a teaching series called Mastermind. And during this series, what we're doing is we're taking a look at the power of our mind and our thoughts. You see, both psychology, the, the, the scientific side, and scripture make it very clear that our minds are powerful. That our thoughts, especially the strongest thoughts we have, that our thoughts have the power to determine the direction and the quality of our life. And last week, to kick off the series, Morgan talked about the importance of recognizing your thoughts. Recognizing your thoughts. You see, every single one of us, every single one of us in here, we have certain thought patterns. We have stories in our minds, stories that we've come up with about ourselves, stories. Is there a boom going on with my mic? Or am I just hearing that? Josiah? We have stories that we come up with about ourselves, stories that we come up with about other people, stories about our circumstances. And these stories, these thought patterns, they're, they're powerful. They impact who we become. They impact how we see and how we experience the world around us, which is why it is so important for us to pay attention to our thoughts, for us to pay attention to what we're thinking about, for us to recognize the thought patterns in our minds. Because until we begin to pay attention to our thoughts, until we begin to recognize the stories and the thought patterns in our minds, we will never be able to master our minds. And last week, we, we kind of left you hanging a bit. And that, that was on purpose. We really didn't give you a whole lot of steps to follow. Okay, now I've recognized my thoughts. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to move forward? We didn't really give you a lot. So this week and next week, what we're doing is we're just trying to give you some very practical tools that you can begin to use to master your mind. Because you see, it's not enough just for you to recognize your thoughts. You need to actually do something about them. You see, whenever we get caught in an unhealthy thought pattern, whether it's negativity, uh, whether it's anger, whether it's worry and fear, whenever we get caught in an unhealthy thought pattern, I think we often struggle to, to know what to do to know how to move forward. We feel almost stuck in this cycle. We feel stuck in, in, in this loop. And oftentimes this cycle, this loop, it begins to spiral out of control. And it can lead our thoughts to some really dark places where we almost feel, we feel trapped in our mind. We feel isolated. We feel alone. And we really don't know how to move forward and move past that thought. So tonight what I wanted us to do is I want us to talk about how to renew your mind, how to renew your mind, how to transform your thought life, 
how to change those unhealthy, those toxic thought patterns and stories that you may have in your mind. And in order to, to, to do this, to talk about renewing your mind, I want to start by first talking about some bad ways to do this. Some bad strategies, some unhealthy ways for you to try to renew your mind. And these are b- very popular approaches by people in our world. The first one is this, a, a bad strategy is don't think about it. Don't think about it. Have you ever had somebody give you this, this advice? Like you, you go to someone and you're like, man, I'm, I'm really struggling with, with, with some, something. I'm really struggling with what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm anxious about the future. I feel overwhelmed by the situation I'm in. Maybe I'm, I'm struggling with these, these lustful thoughts. You come to them, you're like, hey, I'm having these thoughts. What should I do? And they just look at you and they say, well, just stop thinking about it. Like, just, just don't. If you don't want to have those thoughts, just don't have them. This may be the dumbest advice somebody could possibly give you. Because when you try to not think about something, what is it that you end up thinking about? The very thing that you're trying not to think about. Like if I said, hey, don't think about breathing. What are all of you thinking about right now? Breathing. Breathing. Like to tell somebody, hey, just don't think about that. That is not an effective strategy. And listen, if you're anything like me, man, I can't always control what just pops into my mind. I can't always control the kind of thoughts that I have. Like, like somebody can come and say something to me, and their, their, their comment to me will trigger a thought. It will cause something to pop in my mind that was outside of my control. Or I'll see something, not even something I was looking for, but I'll see something, and it will cause a thought. Or how many of you, you you've had a dream like a terrible dream, and you wake up in the morning, and all you can think about for the rest of the day is that thing that you, you dreamed about. Like, I don't always have, have the ability to control the thoughts in my mind. I, I can't just tell myself, hey, don't think about these things. And listen, if this is your strategy, hey, just don't think about it. Now, I think you're going to be left feeling frustrated and disappointed. Because you're going to realize, I'm not able to just not think about something. I'm not able to control what comes in my mind. The second bad piece of advice, the second bad strategy is this. Ignore it. Just ignore it. Hey, you're having bad thoughts. Hey, you're, you're, you, you've got this unhealthy thought pattern. Well, hey, just pretend it's not there. Push it down, suppress it, don't talk to anyone about it, don't acknowledge it, just ignore it until it goes away. Pretend it's not there. And I think this is a very common approach by by people today, especially guys. I think guys are, are really famous for doing this. We've got something in our mind that's bothering us, that's troubling us, that we don't like, and we just pretend it's not there. I'm gonna ignore it, I'm not gonna talk about it, I'm not gonna open up to anybody. And we just hope that it will go away. But here's the problem with that. When you have some unhealthy or toxic thought pattern and you ignore it and suppress it and push it away over and over and over, all that happens is that thought begins to take root and it begins to grow in your mind. 
And it can lead you to some very dark places if you just ignore it and never deal with it. The third one is this. Just give in to it. Give in to it. And this is where I think many people eventually end up. They try for a while to not think about it. They try to control the thoughts in their mind. Then they switch their strategy and they're like, man, I'm just going to try to ignore it and and pretend it's not there and and hope it goes away. But over time, it begins to to wear them down. They get tired of trying to to fight off these thoughts, tired of trying to, to resist it and ignore it. And eventually they just give up and they give in. And whatever that thought is, they they start to to dwell on it. They start to almost indulge it in their mind. They start to to entertain it. Maybe they start to to fantasize about it. And eventually they just act on it. Because over time that thought becomes too strong and too powerful to resist. And they're like, you know what, I I can't ignore it. I can't push it away. I'm just going to give in to that thought. Listen, there are lots of bad ways to approach your mind, to approach your, your thought life. But tonight what I want to do is I want to give you a, a strategy from Scripture about how you can renew your mind. How you can transform your thought life. How you can change the things that you think about. And it involves two steps that we're going to see tonight. The first one is this. Is to take your thoughts captive. To take your thoughts captive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, listen to what Paul writes here. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, here Paul is explaining that we are in a spiritual war. We're in this spiritual battle, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about Satan and his strategies. And one of the primary strategies of the enemy, of our spiritual enemy, is to attack our minds, to attack our thought life. Because he knows it is our minds, our thoughts that determine who we are. And our thought life, our mind, it is a spiritual battleground. And we are under constant attack from our spiritual enemy. But here's the good news for us. If you are a believer, if you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, Paul says we don't wage war as the world does. As followers of Jesus, we have access, he says, to a divine power. As followers of Jesus, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has come to live and reside inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And Paul is telling us that this divine power, it has the ability to demolish strongholds to tear them down, to wipe them out, to demolish them. And what, what, what does Paul mean when he talks about a, a stronghold? Well, back in the fall, we, we did a whole series on this, but, but a spiritual stronghold, it is a place in our mind where a false idea 
or a false belief is strongly defended and protected. It's a place in our mind where there's an unhealthy thought pattern, a toxic thought pattern that has taken root in our minds. Things like worry, things like anxiousness, things like fear and lust and anger. And what Paul is saying is, look, we must wage war against these strongholds. We need to demolish them. We need to go and tear them down. And how are we supposed to do that? How do we demolish them? How do we wage war? Paul says, by taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. Taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. We are to go into the stronghold, take the thought, make it a prisoner, and make it obedient to Christ. Now, I know that's kind of strange language. Like, what does that mean? What what does that look like? So I want to kind of unpack that for us. Here's what that looks like. When you begin to recognize in your mind an unhealthy thought, a toxic thought, something that, that, that's kind of troubling to you, something that kind of bothers you, rather than ignoring it, rather than dwelling on it, rather than entertaining the thought and fa- fantasizing about it, no, you take it captive and you make it obedient to Christ. Meaning this, you take the thought and you submit it to God's word. You take the thought and you submit it under God's word to see if the thought is true, to see if it's right, and to see if it honors God. So let me, let me give you a few examples of what this would look like, how this would play out. Let's say that the thought pattern that you have is this. I'm only as good as what I achieve. I'm only as good as what I achieve. My acceptance in life by other people, by God, is determined by my performance. And I'll be honest, for many years, and and, and even today if I'm not careful, this is a thought pattern that I have in my mind. My acceptance, my approval from others and from God is determined by what I can achieve. It's determined by my performance. And maybe you struggle with that thought. You feel like my parents are only going to be proud of me if I get straight A's, if I make the travel team, if I get in a certain score in the SAT, if I get into a certain college, I have to achieve in order to be accepted and approved and loved by my friends, by my family, and by God. My identity is tied to what I achieve. Maybe that's the thought pattern in your life. So when you recognize that, you take it captive and you submit it to God's word. And listen to what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are God's handiwork. Other translations say we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we feel and our thoughts tell us my acceptance is tied to my achievement. But God's word tells me I am God's handiwork. I am God's masterpiece. God has already approved of me. God already loves me. God already accepts me. And he has prepared these good works for me to do. But those good works do not determine my identity. Those good works, they flow out of my identity. I take the thought captive and I submit it to God's word. Here's another example. 
maybe a thought pattern that you, you, you struggle with is this. My life, it just doesn't matter. My life doesn't have any value. It would be better and easier if I just wasn't around. Nobody would care. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. My life doesn't matter. So you begin to recognize, here's this thought pattern that I'm having. You take the thought captive and you submit it to God's word. Listen to what Psalm 139 says this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So my thoughts tell me my life doesn't matter. My thoughts tell me my life doesn't have value. But God's word tells me that God created me on purpose with a purpose. That God pieced me together. That God has given me value. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So my thoughts may tell me one thing, but I'm going to submit them under what God has to say. One more example. Maybe a thought pattern that you have is this. I'm never going to overcome this sin. I've been struggling with the same thing for months, for years, the same habit, the same addiction, and I just keep falling into it over and over again. I don't think I'm ever going to be freed from this. I don't think I'm ever going to have victory over this. At this point, I might as well just give into it because I'm always going to struggle with it. So there's your thought pattern. You take it captive and you submit it to God's word. Listen to what Romans 8.37 says. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I feel defeated by this, but God says that if I am in Christ Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. I already have victory over sin. I'm not ruled by my old life anymore. I am a new creation. You take the thought captive and you submit it and you make it obedient to Christ. Students, do you see why it's so critical that you know God's word? God's word is the primary weapon that we use to fight against false ideas and false beliefs. We take our thoughts captive and we submit them to the truth of God's word. But then secondly, we take every thought captive. Secondly, you need to guard your mind. You need to guard your mind. You see, it's not enough that we just take our thoughts captive. It's not enough that we're just on the offensive. No, we also need to guard our minds. We need to protect our thought life. We need to protect what's going on inside our mind and how do we do this? Listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter four. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, here Paul is talking specifically about anxious thoughts. But I believe what he's talking about, it applies to any unhealthy thought pattern that we have. And what he's doing is he's providing us 
with a strategy, a, a kind of a game plan for how we can guard and protect our minds. And look, this isn't, hey, just pray it away. Just read your Bible, just say a prayer, and you're good to go. No, no, no. This is a defense strategy. This is a game plan to protect our minds. And it has four parts here that Paul points out. First, he says, you need to bring it to God in prayer. You're having thoughts, thoughts about anger, thoughts about fear, thoughts about lust, whatever those thoughts are, the first thing you you need to do is you just need to bring it to God in prayer. And what, what is prayer? Prayer is simply our way of relating to God. It's our way of communicating with him. It's our way of having a conversation with him. And what Paul is saying, look, man, yes, you need to deal with those thoughts on your own. Yes, you should bring those to a friend, to a mentor, to your family. But your first response when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling fearful or angry, whatever it is, your first response should be, I'm going to bring this to God. I'm going to take this to God through prayer. He says in every situation by prayer. And then secondly, he says this, we petition God. We petition God. And, and that might be kind of strange language to you. What, what does that mean to, to petition God? Maybe you've, you've signed a petition before. Maybe something for, for your school or in, in the community. But here's what it means to petition God. To petition God means to express an earnest request. It means to to plead with God in a very specific way. And this isn't a a one-time request where you just go to God and say, hey, here's what's going on, I need help. No, this is an ongoing thing where we are coming to God specifically saying, God, I need your help. I need you to intercede. I need you in my life right now. Every single morning, my daughter petitions me and my wife. Around 7 a.m., we normally hear her start to make some, some noise in her room, and we'll typically will we'll alternate who goes and gets her. But we'll walk down the hallway, and we'll open the door, and we'll turn on the light, and I'll say, good morning, Monroe. So good to see you. Hey, Monroe. And the first thing she'll say just about every day is, outside. No, it's, it's wet outside. Outside? Um, no, it, it's kind of cold outside. Outside? Uh, no, it's too hot outside. Outside? Uh, no, it's kind of dark outside. Outside? Um, we'll go outside after breakfast. Outside? 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 And after like 14 times of her asking, it's like, okay, put her outside. We'll go outside. We'll go on your little trampoline. We'll take the bike outside. But she just petitions us. Another example is this. I'll open the door. Good morning, Monroe. Applesauce? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get some after breakfast. Applesauce? Um, I think we might be out. Applesauce? 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 And when I get to the kitchen, I'm like, get her a freaking applesauce. Like, she won't let up. But she, what is she doing? She is petitioning us. She is bringing a specific request, and she is not letting up until she gets what she wants. Students. This is exactly what God is asking us to do, to come to him through prayer and to petition him, to bring a request and say, God, I need your help. And here's something I learned a couple of years ago that has changed the way that I pray. We are to petition God, catch this, 
We are to petition God according to his promises. Let me give you an example of that. You come to God in prayer and you say, God, you said in your word, I'm just quoting you, you said in your word that I have victory over sin. So God, I am asking you to help me to believe that, to change my thoughts when I feel tempted. God, I am petitioning you based on what you have already promised to me. God, you have promised in your word that you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. God, help me to believe that in the middle of my situation. When my situation seems hopeless and there's no way forward and there's no way out of this, God, help me to believe what you have already said. God, you said in your word, you promised that you would give me a peace that surpasses understanding. God, help me to believe that. Help me to experience that while I'm feeling anxious. We go to God in prayer. We petition him. And then thirdly, Paul says this. We need to thank God. We need to thank him. And I, I just want you to think about this. How often are your prayers only about what you need God to do for you. You never go to God and acknowledge how he's answered prayers. You've never thanked him for how he's blessed you. The only time you go to God is God, I need. God, give me. God, I want. And Paul is saying, yes, we pray, we petition, but we do so with thanksgiving. We come to God with thanksgiving over what God has done in the past what God has brought us through. We thank him for how he's currently moving, how he's working, even if we can't see it. We thank him for what he has already promised to do. We don't just come to God with our petitions. We come to God with our thanks. And then finally he says this, after you pray, after you petition, after you thank God, you need to present your request to him. Meaning that you come to God with open hands and you say, God, I am like, I'm surrendering this to you. I, I can't carry this anymore. It, it, it's overwhelming. These thoughts are, are, are just weighing me down. God, I am bringing this to you. I am surrendering. I am giving over control to you. And you know what happens when we pray, when we petition, when we thank, when we surrender to God? Paul says that the peace of God will guard and protect your mind. God will begin to renew your mind. He'll begin to rewire your mind. He'll begin to transform and to change your thoughts. He'll begin to protect your mind from those toxic and unhealthy thoughts. We take every thought captive. And then we bring things to God through prayer. And we, we, we experience the peace of God guarding our minds. You know, when I, was in a, when I was in elementary school, my, uh, my favorite game to play at PE was uh, Capture the Flag. Anybody a fan of uh, Capture the Flag? So, this may come as a surprise to you. Um, I was never the uh, fastest or most athletic in my grade. I know. Shocking. 
But I was pretty smart. And the thing I liked about Capture the Flag is that it requires a, a bit of strategy. Now, I remember I always got paired with, with some of my buddies who were really fast. They would smoke me in a 40-yard dash. There was this one kid named, named Harold. Harold was, was really fast. Um, Harold was fast on his feet, not so fast up here. Um, he, he probably couldn't spell capture the flag. And, and, and here's what would happen is we would, we would get on our teams, and I had all these stud athletes, these really fast guys, and they would say go, and what would they do? They would take off to the other base, and they would go, and they would try to grab as many beanbags as they could get. They were booking down there. They're juking people out. They got all these beanbags. They're running back. They're feeling pumped. And when they get back, they're like, I've got two beanbags, but I've only got two left. What, what happened to the other ones? So then they'd be like, okay, let's try this again. They would run down there, and they'd be juking people out, and they'd be making some moves. They would get a couple beanbags. They're feeling like we're about to win the game. They'd, they'd run back. They're going as fast as they can. They get back, and they're like, there's only two beanbags. We still only have four. And I'd pull them aside and be like, hey, hey buddy, I'm, I'm going to talk really slow so, so you understand. Um, we have to get the beanbags, and we have to guard the beanbags. And they'd be like, oh, okay. So I, and I'd say, hey, here, here's what we should maybe try doing. Half of you, you're going to run and get the beanbags, and the other half, you're going to stay back and guard. And maybe it's not as fun, it's not as exciting, but what they start to realize is, oh, there's some people defending. Oh, there's some people going and getting the beanbag we're actually able to win the game. You're good now. We're actually, make some noise for John. You see, to, to win and capture the flag, you need some really good offense, you need some fast people, you need to be aggressive, but you also need some people who are able to defend your base, who are able to protect and guard your base and the flags that you already have. And listen, the same is true in our thought life. The same is true in our minds. We have to have an aggressive offense. We have to go and to take our thoughts captive. We need to demolish strongholds. We need to take them prisoner. We need to submit them to Christ, make them obedient to Christ. We need to be strong on offense. But if we're only strong on offense, and we're not guarding our mind, it's really not going to make much of a difference. No, Paul is showing us, yes, you need to be strong on offense, but you need to be strong on defense. You need to guard your mind. You need to protect your mind from false ideas and lies and toxic thoughts. And the only way you can do that is through prayer, by bringing these things to God with petition and thanksgiving and surrendering them to him. And listen, here's what begins to happen. As we take our thoughts captive, as we make them obedient to Christ, as we go to God in prayer asking for his help, what begins to happen is our brains begin to be rewired. The repetition of doing this over and over, taking the thought captive, bringing it to God in prayer, taking the thought captive, bringing it to God in prayer, over and over, it begins to create and develop new thought patterns. It begins to transform our thinking, and slowly, through God's help, 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, through, through prayer, we can begin to master our minds. As the, the band makes their, their way back up, look, I, I don't know what some of you are, are wrestling with in your mind. And, and, and that's what makes stuff like this so, so difficult and challenging. Like no one in your life might know. Like you might be struggling with certain thoughts that you've never shared with anybody, certain thoughts that you've been trying to, to ignore and suppress and push away, but you just feel caught in the cycle, this loop, and you feel like it is just spiraling out of control. Maybe that's thoughts about your, your life and your value. Maybe it's thoughts about your, your sexuality. Maybe it's thoughts about anger. Maybe it's thoughts about fear and anxiousness and worry, but you are just caught in your mind. You feel trapped and you don't know how to move forward. Listen, for those of you who are in Christ Jesus, God has given you everything that you need to master your mind. And hear me, I'm not saying we don't need therapists. I'm not saying we don't need medicine and medication. I'm not saying we don't need psychologists. Like those things are are crucial. Those are tools that God has given us. But any plan to, to, to renew our mind, to master our mind that does not include what God has given us in our word, in his word is going to be an ineffective strategy. God has given us these tools to guard our minds to protect our thoughts, to renew, to transform, to to, to change us. And tonight, if you are struggling with your thoughts, if there's something you've been been battling and holding on to, I just want to invite you and encourage you to lean into what God is offering you. The power that you have available through the Holy Spirit, the power that you have through prayer to have direct access to God. God cares about your mind. God cares about your thoughts. And he wants to set you free from any unhealthy thought patterns you have. He wants you to walk in victory. He wants to rescue you out of that. He wants to renew your mind. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, God, we, we come to you right now, and, and look, I don't know what is going on in this room and what, what, what people are, are thinking, what people are experiencing, the, the fears they have, the, the anxiousness, the, the anger, the, the lust, the doubt. But God, I pray that tonight would begin the, the process of transforming their minds of changing their thought life, of being set free from, from that stronghold, from that, from that bondage. Well, I pray for students in here who, yeah, maybe they've been holding on to a thought for, for a long time, and tonight they just need to, to share that with a leader. They need to share that with a parent, that you would give them the courage and the boldness to do that. God, we thank you, God, that we have access to you through prayer, God. We thank you for your peace that you promise us. We thank you for your love. God, begin to transform our minds. Begin to renew us, God. Begin to to set us free to walk 
in the victory that you've already secured for us. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray.